Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Oh my gosh, Beverly, it feels like it's been 10 minutes since we last spoke. <laughs> But what I'm loving about the way that we record some of our episodes one right after the other is that I get to see your room light up during the di- the morning as the, the sun starts to come in and pour in. And I love it. How are you doing this fine morning? I am doing really good. Um, this is our third episode that we're recording. So I am <laughs> all jacked up on coffee and ready to go. I just want to start sewing. Um, <laughs> you so are not to start I'm... sewing. No, we can that hear is... that. I know I'm not allowed to. I can, I can, I can put the foot down. Um, I'm, <laughs> I am, I am eager to get into my sewing for the day, but let's first talk about our sponsors. I know we have Noodlehead um, has offered a PDF pattern. And given that this month is PF Sew Not Clothes, there are definitely some options there for you. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. I haven't done as much bag sewing from patterns and I'm always excited by the possibility of doing that. I do have a lot of bag making materials on hand. I have like the, the D rings and the strapping and um, the oh, nice clicky together plastic parts that I don't know the name of. Um, yeah. I, I don't have any of that stuff. I'm lacking that. And also noodle head sells that stuff. So awesome. It's a good resource for people. Really good to know. And last month, our sponsor needle sharp has offered a discount code for all of our listeners this month. And that is capital P, capital F, capital N, capital O, capital V. So it's all caps and it's PF NOV, like November. Yes. <laughs> and Beverly, I think we have had a different way to say that each and every episode that we've recorded this morning, which I think is the extra cool part. Uh- <laughs> and finally, Jenny has um, donated some labels and packet, uh, some labels and patches for one lucky winner. And Jenny will send them worldwide. So whoever wins that will receive that in the mail. Yep. It can take longer if it's going to another country. Although recently I've had someone in the U.S. where their patch is taking forever to arrive. Hmm. Um, but mostly in the U.S., it's two or three days. Um, that's super exciting. So let's catch up. Tell okay. me what you want to talk about today. Okay. So I'm really excited. I bought fabric. I have not made this yet, but it's on my agenda. There is a shirt from Richard and Mills called the Sydney shirt. I've included links to both size ranges. It's actually, I think a shirt designed for women, but it's a very oversized kind of uh, shirt. And, um, I am making it for Jim using the Merchant Mills jacquard that I bought from Domesticity. I use the uh, quink color way, which is navy blue. Um, if any of our English people want to tell us, like, you know what, maybe I could even just Google quink. But um, <laughs> I don't no, know no, 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 no. Let them tell us. The education <laughs> should definitely flow the other direction. <laughs> So, um, anyways, this is a, it's a very simple kind of, it's kind of like a sweatshirt, but a woven sweatshirt, um, with, uh, ribbing around the collar, the, the, um, waistband and the sleeves. And, um, I think it's going to be really a nice sweatshirt for Jim, especially that fabric is just so nice. Yeah. I, I think that one is going to be lovely. I'm really excited to, um, 
to see more of the things that you make for Jim, because I think that's, that's also a place where I don't see as much on my feed. I haven't curated it to show me men's fashion. So, well, what are you up to? So I am, I am desperately seeking out all sale versions of Merchant Merchant Mills fabrics. <laughs> I love them, but I cannot justify the full price tag right now. And I am appreciating Beverly sending me every discount she finds. And I would like to open that up to all of our listeners as well. Just send me the <laughs> discounts as you find them. Your local shop got it on sale. Let me know. I'm happy to peruse. I'm so excited by that. But what I've done now is in one of our more recent episodes, I described the Merchant and Mills dress I made where I cut it down the middle and made one side out of one fabric and the other side out of another fabric. And um, I did that because I wanted, it was so cute. Um, But I, I, that was self-drafted and I I did it because I wanted, I didn't want to use all the fabric up on one dress. I knew that I didn't want just solid dresses. And so I had enough left over to make a second dress out of um, either of those fabrics if I combined them with something else. And I had purchased some vintage bark cloth that was advertised as cotton, but is clearly not, um, that is large sort of yellow and gold and green flowers. I got this off of Poshmark. You kind of get what you get. It was very inexpensive. So whatever. It's, um, it appears to have some nylon in it. And um, I'm just using sort of burn test and smell to try and figure it out. But, <laughs> but when it showed up, the first thing I thought is, oh, I'm not making a bodice out of this. I would not enjoy this against any part of my body where it was touching in any significant way. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. And my original plan had been, I was going to do the bodice out of like probably this bark cloth and then do one sleeve out of the, the <laughs> One sleeve out of the gingham and one sleeve out of the window pane. And then I, I like I had this whole plan. Um, but because I didn't care about the feeling, didn't care for the feeling of the fabric on my body. Instead, what I did was I made the whole top portion of the dress out of the um, sort of uh, olive window pane where the window pane itself is orange. And then when I got down close to my knees, I added a very wide band of the bark cloth. And then I finished it with a narrow band of the gingham. And um, I'm going to include a picture here. You can also go to my grid, uh, J.O. Hassler on Instagram and find it. But I I really like it. Um, it is uh, what my husband would call hashtag cute, but off-putting. Um, it's, it's, there's something about it that's not quite right because it's such a variety of things being pulled together. Um, but I think by putting it down in the skirt section that I, I mitigated some of the things that would make me not wear it in the future. As it stands, it's very wearable for me. This is one that I'll end up keeping for at least some period of time um, because I'll enjoy wearing it. And honestly, when I'm done with it, I'm, I think I'm more likely to cut off the bottom section of the skirt and add a different contrasting color for a band and make it a shorter dress mm-hmm. than I am to get rid of the dress overall, because I do, I do really love the merchant mills, um, linens and cotton linens that I've been, I've been buying lately. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about some new patterns? I love talking about new patterns. And this first one, I, I just start by assuming it's closet course Nick's dress yes. and I don't read up on the patterns the way you do. I'm surprised by them every month when they appear in the, <laughs> in the show notes because I'm <laughs> terrible at it. Um, but it, I just assume it's named after Stevie Nicks. It um, is. It is. It <laughs> okay, is. Great. <laughs> so I love this dress. I love it. Um, the only thing I might not like is the gathered in the elastic waistband. I might not like that, okay. but um, it is a loose fitting. There's gathers at the shoulders. Um, the bodice has uh, a nice button up. It looks like the buttons are those like loopy over buttons. 
uh, in the front. Yeah. 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 Um, they, might, they might be, I could also imagine doing them as like the little pearl snaps. Cause you know, I hate buttons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Imagine that, that would, would, be that super would look cute nice too. as well. It's got a back yoke on it, which is also there's gathered below the back yoke. Um, it has one, two, three tiers of the skirt. Um, there are other options though. There's a, and that has a, uh, long sleeve that's, uh, gathered at the wrist. Um, or gathered into the wrist, I guess you should, right. you should say. Um, there's the option B is the same thing, but like um, it's short and it just has the one tier. So it's really like a tunic length, um, which is very nice. And the uh, view C is um, just basically it, it's extended the bodice. And so it's just like a, a top of the bodice. Yeah. And, and it looks like it's just sewn together, not, not buttons. And I really like that look. There's an image of, I, I like Closet Core uses uh, diverse models and the, they have a so over 50, so busy, visible 50 or whatever. I don't yeah, know so that. 50 visible. Okay. Yeah. Um, model. And I love the combination. She's wearing the Mitchell trousers with this top. And I love the look of that. I absolutely love it. I think it's very classy and lovely. That's, that's really nice. I, I thought that was a really great, a really great pattern. And I agree with you. I think with the trousers, I would not have expected to like this as a blouse, um, weirdly, but I, I do. I really think that looks nice there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, wow. now Lore PR has the Vana dress. Lore PR is a, a company I haven't made, I think much with. I think I've made one thing over since I, they came to my attention within the last year and a half or so. Um, but their size measurements are great. 63 inch, uh, chest, 58 inch waist and 75 inch hip. And, um, and the, the garments that they create are always to my eye, very modern looking, very striking, sort of like we talk about taco having like different things these are different in a different way they're not at all like tacos items but they're they often have different lines and i find the vanna dress to be one of those it's um i'm trying to even think how to describe it it's there's something about it that's also very um like victorian era or something i think it's the hip area so there's like a fitted portion in the middle um and then over there's a the gathered portion, like there's a straight piece of ungathered fabric that comes down from the bodice. And then um, off the sides, there's these gathered portions around the hips. And I think it gives this curve. I think it's good for someone who has, I mean, I'm not this frilly of a person, but it's good for a person like me that doesn't have much hips. It looks like it would kind of give hips if you wanted that look. Um, I also think it would provide room for people who have plenty of hips. I think that's true. And I think view C as a top could do a really great job with that. For me, the, the risk factor would be how low it is. It's a little low for the way that I wear my bras, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be, it's something you could do some work to fix, but I'm, I think it would be more complicated to maintain the same look while also trying to fix it because you'd have to you'd have to sort of raise up that centerpiece so that it met higher. Cause I wouldn't want to put like a triangle of fabric across it. You know what I mean? I would want to continue to have that split. So it'd be a little more complicated maybe for me to, to raise that neckline, but I do, I do like this one. I think it's a really neat look. It reminds me of. I also want to note. Go ahead. 
Oh, it just reminds me of a big four dress from the 80s that I liked, oh, okay. but that didn't come in a size that worked for me. One thing also that I liked is on um, one of the versions here, The there's this very wide cuff with um, with buttons on it that that really kind of, I don't know, just reminds me of sort of Victorian clothing or something. Yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's a nice one. And it's the difficulty on this is an intermediate to advanced. And I always like to see that because so many of the patterns that are out there are, agree. Yeah, are, are made for people who are beginners or advanced beginners or confident beginners. And um, to see a pattern that's labeled as intermediate to advanced, it's like, oh, this is a challenge. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's exciting when we see those. Obviously, you're going to want to always see patterns skewing towards that beginner to intermediate beginner sort of stage because that's where most people in sewing are likely to live, but, but it's really neat to get one where you're like, Ooh, I might get to learn something. <laughs> yeah. Or like think about things as they go. I yes, know. I think that's wonderful. Well, our topic for this week is winter fabrics and patterns. And I know this is off season for our folks who live um, South of the equator, but it's uh, it's where my brain is right now. So it's something I wanted to explore. Um, I wanted to start just by talking about maybe some fabrics. My favorite winter fabric is linen, which is an all-season fabric. So oh. I, <laughs> I, I see it as the way that I use it is I, I wash it and I, I dry it first. Oh, God. And there was a so okay. I gotta say again, thanks, Beverly, um, for, for forcing me to add That's all this. That's being said, of- like thanks, Obama. That's how that was said. <laughs> Oh my gosh, if I could make, I need to make that a hashtag. Thanks, Thanks Beverly. Beverly. <laughs> but, but it is a thing that I've now added to the beginning. Like something comes in the house and I wash it right away. I don't even look at it as a thing I could use until I've washed it and dried it because that is how I'm going to use it in the end. And so I, I love my linens. They've been already treated badly by the world because I've run them through the washer and the dryer and they've done their shrinking that they're going to do. And they've puffed up as much as they're going to do or made, you know, a little bit thicker and, and so forth. And um, yeah, I, I love them. They're, they're perfect for winter wear. Um, I definitely vary the weight a little bit. I use a light a lighter weight linen more in the summer than I do in the winter. And there are some heavier weight linens that I don't even pull out until I'm ready to do sort of a winter garment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really, I really enjoy them. I think, I think linens are amazing. Now I think, I think you've tried linen before, right? (laughs) I have a few times. And I will say that, um, you know, as you were talking about the Merchant and Mills linen is that most of the Merchant and Mills linens that I've purchased have been of a weight that I would wear in the winter time more. And maybe that's because temperatures are tend tend to be kind of cool in in London or maybe just all the European linens are thicker that way um I don't know but um it's I definitely have some here that I've been waiting to use because they seem (laughs) too heavy for summertime yeah I use them for summertime dresses like I made some of the yesterday dress which is a sleeveless Mm-hmm. strapped dress. I made some out of a Merchant Mills linen and it's one that I've kept. I really, really like it, mm. but it's also sleeveless. So I, I, yeah. you know, offset the part where it can tend to be a little warmer because those Merchant Mills that I've bought have also been um, of that thicker, thicker, heavier weight. Um, I also really love a micro cord. Now I like a maxi cord as well, um, but I find those harder to find. And for me, the way I dress, I would most often use a max cord on something like 
um, something like a 12 whale or an eight whale. I'd use it more likely on a jacket than I would anything mm, else. Yeah. I'm not a pants person and I'm not a skirt person. And I, I don't think that heavyweight cords are great on dresses that have sleeves, right? Mm. If I was a pinafore person, I could imagine it. Yeah. But for what I do, I don't think they work. But micro cords, they're just textured and fun and you can wear them. You can make a dress out of them or anything else. You can just make a shirt out of them because they're often sort of shirt weight. I mean, they're, they're appropriate for that. So I got some mood fabrics has some that they call feather whale and um, it's very lightweight. Definitely can make a shirt. I made the merchant and mills shirt dress from it and I love it. Um, (laughs) I think that I think in England, they may call them needle cord. Um, Oh, I think that may be true. Yeah. Because I've never seen things advertised as needle cord here, but they talk about it a lot in um, the British folks do seems like, but I I think that's great. And sometimes as those come with stretch and sometimes without, um, which I think are, is great options. Um, I really love that feather weight or feather whale corduroy that I got from Merchant and Mills. I mean, from mood fabrics. And I think I need to buy some more. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's a neat weight and I'm I'm looking forward to doing some of the dresses I just normally do out of that weight of cord because I think they'll they'll have a different look and feel for winter um but but still work well in the patterns that I'm using. Yeah. So, I also love a stretch velour. Yeah. I love a stretch velour and my favorite thing to make out of them right now is the toaster sweater. Um, well, we'll get I, into patterns in a minute, but let me ask you about the stretch velour. So okay. when you cut that up, is it messy like velvet? Oh, it's totally messy. Oh, it um, it's not messy like velvet, but it is messy. You get you get little bits of fuzz and things that floop off of it. <laughs> floop, okay. <laughs> that floop off of it, but but not not to the extent that a velvet would. So in I have my a question, experience. what distinguishes a velvet from a velour? Um, I honestly, for me, it's the stretch. So I don't know. <laughs> but there's stretch velvet. I, you know, but stretch velvet is velour. <laughs> is it really? I mean, is that from, again, no, no. Keep in mind, not educating you in any way. But from my perspective, when I find them and I buy them, I get the I get the same thing under two names. So to me, they seem like they're the same thing. I hope there's something that makes them different. But I don't know what it is if there is. <laughs> Because well, I remember, like in the seventies, like velour tracksuits were really popular, um, and they weren't velvet. I guess I thought they were maybe like not as fluffy as velvet, but maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I'm I'm typing in a search right now to help us out, um, but but they're they're just saying velour is shorter cut, velvet is higher cut. Okay, um, so I was right. That that's the only difference, but. But I mean, that's like carpet is carpet. It's shag or not, but still it's carpet. Um, (laughs) So velour is usually knitted. So it's going to be stretchier. Velvet is usually woven. It's going to be less stretchy. There there are some other things there as well. But when I'm buying it, if it says stretch velour or stretch velvet, I am getting approximately the same thing. When it shows up, there's no practical difference in how I'm going to be able to use it. So I, I think of them as the same. But um, as always, correct us below. When you see the link to this episode, just go on in and type angry words about how it's not quite that. (laughs) Or in advance of our notice at the end of the show, leave us a five-star review explaining to us the difference between velvet and velour. (laughs) We'll take either, guys. (laughs) 
the first fabric that I chose is Jenny's favorite flannel. <laughs> Garbage flannel. <laughs> <laughs> So flannel is good for lots of things. Um, it's good for um, loungewear. It's good for linings of outerwear, though not so good for the sleeve portion because right. you kind of get stuck on it. But for the bodice of it, I'm using it to um, line my hand quilted vest that I'm making. Um, I think it'll be really lovely in there. It's also good for basic grunge button ups. If you wanted yeah. to make a button up, you know, it's out of flannel. That's good. I do find that, um, you know, they vary a lot in quality, even though you call them all garbage, they are (laughs) different from each other. Um, I have a really lovely one that from, from Robert Kaufman, actually, that's very soft and also is stays on grain. And Some really, some of the cheap ones do not stay on grain at all. Yeah, some of if them you're feel getting, like cardboard. Yeah, if you're going by Joann's and buying their dollar ninety nine sale flannel, um, you're not going to get the same thing that you get out of a Kaufman flannel um, sure. for sure. sure. Absolutely, um, they're still all garbage. I mean, flannel by definition is just garbage, but. But there are some of them that literally should go straight into the garbage, generally speaking. <laughs> Although I use the $1.99 garbage flannels from Joann's to make lap blankets for um, nursing homes because the on-grainness isn't as critical in a very small quilted lap blanket that's appropriate for a wheelchair user. That's what I'm making them for. Um, and the price point is really great for something that you're going to kind of bulk produce and give away. Um, I like flannel for dresses too. I made the bell dress from Style Arc out of a really nice uh, buffalo check flannel that I enjoyed. And I have purchased some flannel to make my self-drafted drafted dress out of this winter as well. Yeah. And I think you can use it, you know, the heavier weight stuff you can use for an actual jacket and you can use lighter weight stuff even for shirts. So, um, I think it's a nice, it's, it's a, but it is definitely to me a fabric that I only use in the winter time. I never use flannel in the summertime. I I agree. I do. I mean, it falls up. So it's three season, right? You can use it in the fall, the winter and the spring. So it's jackety in that case. And I, that, that's a good reminder. I'd forgotten it. I made a, um, sort of a letterman jacket style jacket out of an inexpensive flannel from Joanne that I washed and dried and it, it, it thickened up like mad. It was much mm-hmm. narrower when I was done and much shorter when I was done. <laughs> But I bought plenty of extra, which is a good point to make about flannel. If your pattern says three and a half yards, you probably want to buy at least four if you're planning to wash and dry it. And if you're going to make it before you wash and dry it, you probably want to make it as a gift for someone because that's probably what's going to happen to it after you wash and dry it. (laughs) (laughs) So just side note. Um, So the next one I have listed is denim and it's not just for jeans. I want to make a pinafore type dress with denim and we always call them jumpers, but I know that British people call sweaters jumpers, but you know what I'm talking about, right? A denim jumper, which was like the homeschool uniform, right? I do a hundred percent. And I don't know that it's a homeschool uniform. (laughs) Well, they used to, you know, they talk about women in denim jumpers that were like, that homeschooled their kids. Yeah. Ah, okay. I'm like, I don't think I had uniforms for my children in homeschool. (laughs) (laughs) But I see the uniform was for the grown up. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, the next one that I have here is a uh, French Terry. And um, my favorite is from Style Maker Fabrics, but I went to find it and I don't see it there. I don't know if they're out of stock or they're not carrying it anymore. Um, but there are lots of great fa- fa- French Terries on the market. So Jenny, these are great fabrics, but what do you like to do with them? So I'm a, I'm, so I usually just honestly, most of the patterns I make, I, I sew the same thing year round. I'm not, I don't necessarily have a lot of winter versus summer patterns in part because I layer a little bit and in part because I refuse to admit that cold can have any power over me. And so I don't choose to dress differently (laughs) in the winter than I do in the summer. Um, But that said, um, I, I really, really love the um, Sew House 7 toaster sweater, which I was introduced to. um, It's one I had not made many of, but uh, Seams Fabric had asked me to make make one for one of the months. It was their pattern of the month. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I've heard great things about it. Sheila Kelly loves it. So I definitely want to make this. And they sent me a uh, wide whale stretch fabric to sew it out of. And it is a favorite. I wear it all the time. I've made two versions so far, one out of a wide whale um, that I would describe as a stretch form, but... (laughs) but who knows? And another out of um, a heavier weight, uh, cotton lycra fabric that I got from Hello Friends Fabrics. And I love both of them. I find myself pulling them on regularly on chilly mornings. They're just exactly what the doctor ordered for that. And so I really, really like it. The other one that I really I've enjoy also, is the, sorry. I was just going to say, I've also made the toaster, um, yeah. both uh, uh, the toaster. So there's two versions of that. There are. Made the, both the same, which is the sort of half mock collar yeah is it oh yeah and um i made them using french terry and i just love them i would imagine they'd be amazing in that i do mine um with the mock collar as well and i do a cropped version because i'm going to wear them above my hip line i don't want to i don't want to make the garment big enough (laughs) that it's going to work with my hip and my chest because there's such a disparity there and i would rather yeah, I would rather have it just stop short, but I'm always going to pull them on over a dress. That's so it's not in the winter time. I'm not risking exposed cold belly. It's yeah, because <laughs> it's going to be worn a hundred percent with a dress underneath it. Um, I I love it. I do recommend. Um, yeah, recommend that sweater without reservation. I think it's a really nice one. They do have another version of it that's got more of a scoopy neck and splits on the sides and can be worn more tunic length. I just, I don't mess with that one. I do. <laughs> I've stuck with the other instead. Um, I'm also a big fan of Karamia Maui's chive dress, which was released, I think, last winter. And I made... How many of you made of those? I want to say I made 20 or 25. So it's not a big maker for me. It's a... <laughs> when I go really mad about a dress, I can get well over 60. But, um, but it is one that I made quite a lot of. And I made yeah. them out of... I love them out of French cherries, but I like them out of sweatshirt material where it's that mm. fuzzy, fuzzy stuff on the inside. And mm-hmm. then it just looks like a normal interlock on the outside. Yeah. I love those. They are super duper warm. I just pop them on with some Uggs and I'm good to go for the day. It's they're, they're just lovely. And they've got that puff sleeve. Um, and they've got that really neat pocket that comes out of the, the waistline oh, the waist, that I love right. the little, yeah. the little like. I don't know what you'd call that a pouch pocket. I mean, it's just a rectangle inside the fabric, but it's a, a okay, stabilized at the weight. So, um, no, it's not that kind either though. Cause it doesn't go this way. Don't kangaroo oh, pockets right. go that's, this way. 
Yeah, you're right. By this way, I mean side to side. I feel like a kangaroo pocket you can hold your hands in. (laughs) I guess what what I mean, what I meant, I forgot that there's an actual sewing kangaroo pocket. Oh, you meant like But this is like an actual kangaroo. Right, right, where you could stick stick your tiny kangaroo in it. Got it. Yeah, no, that makes more sense. That is one of my favorites for sure. I've always enjoyed that. I have seen a few patterns floating around for making yourself tight. And I've been intrigued by those, like maybe making them out of, um, I don't know, something super duper stretchy. Like um, what's that terrible plush stuff you make blankets out of? Minky. Um, No, the other one. Minky would be fun too, but this was plush on both sides. It's, um. It's not plush, fleece? it's called something else. Yeah, that. I've wondered about making them out of polar fleece. Tights out of polar fleece? For like the house, yeah. Like like leggings with feet. That would be so hot. Okay, so not a great idea is what I'm hearing. I think it would be awful. <laughs> and I don't think they're stretchy enough. Well, they may not be. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used polar fleece for much, but I'm like, it feels thick. And anyway, so... Yeah. So someone else try it and let me know how it goes so I know whether to move ahead. Uh, <laughs> thanks as always for your guidance, Beverly. <laughs> what if, I don't what even think polar feet is stretchy. Um, <laughs> okay. One thing I want to call out right away. Um, one of the best winter me-made wardrobes is by Sheila Kelly. And so I've oh linked gosh, her Instagram. So And I think it's, I think you can get a lot of good advice from people who live in England and Ireland because they have a lot of cold weather for a long time and it may not be as cold as it gets here, but it's longer term cold weather. So cold, damp weather. And so Sheila has, Kelly has so many great um, winter wear things. And a lot of times when I'm looking for things to make, I'll go to her Instagram to see that. Um, but my favorite, probably my favorite winter pattern, which I only wear in the winter is my Hudson pants from true bias. And I love that pattern. I'm actually wearing it right this minute. Um, and I have lighter weight and heavier weight. My favorite pair are a black pair that I made from style maker, uh, French Terry that I have the matching toaster sweater for. And I, I love them. They're very, very comfortable. And I make it with, they have a hack to make it higher waisted because the lower waisted ones is ridiculously low waisted. I'm not wearing that. Um, not comfortable, but the, uh, <laughs> so, okay. And hear me out on this next one, because these next ones are definitely like sort of more uh, warm weather pants, but I'm thinking of making some flannel lined. So how seven free range slacks. Yeah. So I think flannel lined pants are a great idea for, for winter wear. I think anything you do to line a pant is going to make it better for the winter. I would worry about whether the flannel lining might not be too heavy, um, depending on the flannel, right? Like some of the garbage flannel, you wash it up and it's like, oh my gosh, that's so thick now. Like I made a coat out of one and that would be the wrong. Yeah, that's the wrong one. I'm talking about more of the thinner flannel. Um, but um, what would you do? Would you make like a bigger size? Would you just 
like maybe make the take the if if you had five eighths inch seam allowance, make it down to three eighths or something. Yeah, I, mean, I would probably scant the seam allowance instead of a larger size. I'd just make it a little bit thinner because you are going to need a little bit more going for that. I would also go out on a limb and say doing the reverse, making a flannel version with a um, batiste or something else lining would also probably afford you sort of the warmth you're looking for. And I would tend to do it where I was sewing the lining piece and the pattern piece together at the same time. So I don't think I'd make it where you'd have a uh, line where it's loose. pull completely out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, loose. That's a better way of putting that. Um, but I would probably sew them as if they were one piece. So the opposite of that actually is something that I saw Jess from Una and Broad do, which mm-hmm. was that she made like a pants slip which is, you know, like oh, a yeah. lining that she could carry between pants. And I think that it's so cool um, of a way it would make the pants warmer, but yeah. also like be a lining for the pants. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's a really clever idea. I like it. And it also could lead you in a place where there's this, the idea that most of us wash our clothing more often than is necessary. And I think a pants slip would allow for that as well, where you could the pants could be worn multiple times. I, I know my dad growing up, he always wore the pants for multiple days, but the shirts, they were goners after a day. Yeah. <laughs> in part because of, you know, just the way that he he ate and sweat and whatever those patterns of, <laughs> of wear were. Um, but but the but the pants slip as an idea as well for extending extending the washing time between wears on pants seems like a neat idea too. And the last pattern that I wanted to call out was the Merchant and Mills Etta, which is a lovely wrap dress. And this wrap dress wraps high up. It's a, uh, it's just designed really well. I love it. Um, but I made it out of a lightweight linen or midweight linen, I guess this summer, and it was too warm for me. So I thought it would be perfect because it, it's a full wrap completely overlaps in the front. Um, right. I think it'd be great for winter. And I have some really like kind of, you know, heavier weight linen from Merchant and Mills that um, I'm going to use for this pattern. The one I made this summer is sleeveless, but I think I could easily wear it over something over like a long sleeves t-shirt, but I'm going to make the longer sleeve version of that pattern for the winter. How have I not made this one? This feels like one I might enjoy making. When I made it, you said you're going to. It's it's a really nice pattern. It's so it's it's fabric hungry, but that's partially because the bodice is fully lined, but you could easily use like you don't have to use Merchant and Mills, you know, uh linen for the for the lining. You know, it doesn't uh, <laughs> so you think we might be able to line that for less money than Merchant and Mills? That, yeah. that seems fair. Yeah. I, I appreciate the reminder about this one because I think what I liked about it was that it was a very loose wrap because a lot of the wraps are predicated on on fitting more forming at your waist, which I think is where some of my problem with wrap dresses comes from is is that it can be hard to make that work then with going out so much for the chest and in so much for the waist and out again for the hips. So interesting. Another thing I like about this wrap dress pattern is that instead of having a hole in the the side and like wrapping around a bunch of times, um, which I don't really enjoy, also danger of the toilet, you know, um, is that, and what well, I guess a dress you could just pull up anyway, but um <laughs> But the I'm so confused about how you use the bathroom and I don't need details, but because <laughs> I don't feel endangered by wrap dresses in the bathroom, I'm confused. Well, dresses, dresses, it wouldn't be a problem. I'm thinking of the jumpsuit, which is okay. I've made this 80 jumpsuit and I'm always really frightened that the, the strap's going to go in the toilet. Um, but 
in this dress, um, it has a inside uh, tie, and yeah. the, and and um, so you tie the inside ones, and then you tie the outside one on the other side, and so it's not wrapping the whole way around your right. body. So like a like a robe because that's often how robe ties are, right? You've got the yeah. inside tie on one side, and then the I mean it's, the belt usually goes all the way around, but I mean the inside tie is the secret to robes. Yeah. Okay. Neat. 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 So we were also going to talk about non-clothing patterns for winter months. And I did want to note that my first one is actually not even a sewing project, (laughs) but I'm still going to call it out. Um, My favorite. It's also clothing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and then I also want to point out that this was a category I selected. Yes. I think I would have been, I, in no way. So what I'm going to (laughs) say. Oh gosh, I just cut this out. So it's a raglan knit poncho and I don't knit very often anymore because it is painful for me. Um, and when I did, I was using large needles and only a couple of big, big balls of chunky thread. Um, I don't use wool because it irritates my skin. So these were like, you know, Joanne fabric. They make really nice non-natural fiber yarns these days, but they were that type of a yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I use um, Elizabeth Zimmerman's top-down raglan method and um, just keep basically trying it on until it's the length I want it to be and then I'm done. And for me, that's about elbow length, maybe a little bit below elbow length, um, just to give me something to keep sort of my shoulders warm. And if my arms or hands get cold, I can, you know, cross them up underneath it. And it's a, it's a nice one. I think it's um, pretty reasonable uh, as a as a thing to make. I'm sad that I'm unable to make them consistently anymore, but they're they're perfectly lovely. Um, and then I wanted to call out lap blankets. I make them obviously for the nursing homes near me and I have a particular size I make there so that they work well with wheelchairs, but they're also great just as a thing to keep around. We have cats who shed like, oh my gosh, so much. And in the winter, my husband and I both like to wear blankets on our lap when we're hanging out in the living room because I don't like heat. And so you have to have something to keep you warm and just garbage flannel of any quality can be used for this. You just wash it up, shrink it up, fold it in half. I usually buy three yards in order to get something that's a reasonable size. Um, Fold it in half, loosely quilt it following whatever design elements are on your flannel, whether it's a plaid or a series of dogs playfully playing. You know what I mean? It just find your element point and just quilt quickly across it. Um, Bind the edge if you feel like it. Um, And if you don't, honestly, and I, I don't always on these, sometimes what I do is I sew the cut ends together, then fold it right side out. And I just, I just quilt from there and leave the selvages as the side edges for it, because Mm. I'm just looking for a small, warm thing that I can swap out when I get annoyed at how much cat hair is on it. (laughs) So I I think they're wonderful, but you can use that same design philosophy and creation philosophy to make them and just go by the nursing home closest to your home and give five or six to them at the beginning of winter as lap quilts for residents, because no matter where you live, no matter how hot you think it is right now, there is someone in a nursing home who is cold and would like a lap blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been my experience of it. So yeah, that's mine. What have you got? And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I bet yours are not clothing for humans. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is that I have started, but not finished a rag quilt. And I've put a link in there to how to make a rag quilt. Um, they were kind of popular a while ago. Um, and basically what they are is you make these, you, you make these, you take squares of fabric, 
um, you put some batting in the middle, you sew an X across them. And then you, when you when you sew together all your little squares, then you leave those edges raw and you snip into them. And then the, um, you know, it kind of frays when you wash it. And it's that's an on purpose thing. So it makes this kind of I don't know. It's kind of a look of this, yeah. this frayed thing. And I kind of like that. And also it's simple. And so I've made about half of one, but I haven't put it together yet. So I think I've sewed up the, it was before I was really into sewing. I did that and I never really got it done. Um, so I should finish that. And the other thing I want to make is that I've never made is dog quotes, coats. Um, and I know this is clothing, but as I've noted in the show notes, so is a poncho. So I felt it was fair. Um, the Merchant and Mills has a pattern called Barca, like a, a parka, but for dogs, a Barca. And, um, that is a pay for pattern. I think it's 10 bucks or something. And then Closet Core has a free dog coat, um, that you can get. I think you have to sign up for the newsletter or something, but, um, but I like having Closet Core's newsletter because they then I know when they have new patterns. That is hilarious. And I I will say it literally never occurred to me that a poncho was clothing. <laughs> <laughs> like the third number one thing on your non-clothing pattern. I'm like, okay. Poncho was <laughs> clothing. So <laughs> I'm just going to change a lot about what I was planning to sew up this month for so not clothes <laughs> <laughs> on the list. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Um, <laughs> but I, I appreciate the correction. Um, mm-hmm. So, what do you like to do when you're wearing your me maids in the winter time? What's your favorite cold weather activity? Watching football. That should not qualify as a cold weather activity unless you are actually in the stands. Okay. Watching football in the stands. Oh, you go to the stands? You're there in person? Oh my gosh. Who makes you do that? (laughs) I love that. I love to do that. Um, Yeah. So I don't know what you mean by this exactly. Like, uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's a perfectly legit answer. It's a totally legit answer. Okay. Okay. Well, what are your favorite activities? So, I mean, I like driving up and down the parkway. I like looking at the winter colors and the fall colors. We've been lucky a few times to be in a space right after an ice storm where we've gotten to drive through and the trees just look like they're made out of crystals because there's no leaves. It's all just the, the, the bare trees covered with icicles everywhere, which is, um, is just so incredibly beautiful and also a little bit scary. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be walking under them necessarily um, because these are very large icicles sometimes, but that, that can be a really beautiful thing to do. But I like also I'm literally just driving to work. I enjoy looking at the scenery out my windows and when my husband and I are traveling together in the, the fall, especially it's often we'll be chatting about something or he'll be on his phone. And I'm like, no, you have to put that down because have you seen all the colors? <laughs> mm, yeah. And I really love that. And then uh my other favorite winter activity is amazing because I do it inside where I'm not cold and I drink hot cocoa and just wait to see how long it will take me to stain what I'm wearing. <laughs> because because I'm super good at that. That is, that is a skill I have. Maybe I should have put bibs or those clothing as a thing that I like to make in the winter. <laughs> And that I think we can call that an accessory. It is kind of clothing, especially for babies, but 
We can call that an accessory. Babies or women of a certain age with a certain <laughs> amount of chest and an ability to keep cocoa off of it. <laughs> but anyway, um, I so I used to do a lot of hiking, but I haven't done it as much recently. I do love walking farmers markets until they shut down in our area. I think that's a neat sort of cold weather activity. You feel like we you're, have a you know. year round farmers market. Ooh, outdoors though. Yes. Whoa. Yes. It's an outdoor <laughs> farmer's market that's year round. And, you know, um, there's less, you know, veggies and stuff yeah. in, the, in the wintertime. However, there are people who have um, hothouse kind of stuff that they yeah. that they bring. Um, there's also in our farmer's market, there's people who, you know, have organic meats and stuff, yeah. meats that they, that they, um, sell. There's also people who are craft people putting things out. So it, that's our Saturday market and it's year round. That's, that's really neat. Our market ends, uh, with the last Saturday in October, but then opens back up again for, um, the first Saturday after Thanksgiving. And then I think a week later to do a holiday market where it's primarily craft persons rather than fruits and vegetables. But there's, we certainly have a lot of bakers and other people who also bring things out for that event. Um, and then there's a farmer's market in, Knoxville, Tennessee, that we go to regularly that seems to be year-round, though in the the winter season, you more often have handcraft artists or more handcraft artists because they're they're focused on that that sort of holiday gift giving um, feature. And then we have one that's an indoor farmers market that is year-round. That's neat. That's really exciting. Um, well, I, th- I think with that, uh, we're ready to wrap this episode up. Um, we've already reminded you to rate and review us, but I'm going to toss it in just one more time. Five stars only. Feel free to send us a uh, commentary elsewhere. Um, and then, of course, join our Patreon. Uh, where's that located, Beverly? That's located at patreon.com slash punk frockers. And there's always good content there. There's, if you join now, then you'll be able to access previous um, bonus episodes. uh, If you join at the friends with benefits level or higher. Absolutely. And those episodes are really fun to record and a little bit different than what we do here. We often have sewing content, but it's often more adjacent than, than spot on. Um, Yeah. So with that, I guess we'll say we'll see you. Next Next Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, crap. I did that all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know what? I'm probably going to leave that in. (laughs) See See you you next Tuesday. Tuesday. The Punk Frockers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frockers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.